Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome, friends, to another r slash pro-revenge video. Today, we've got a crazy story about stealing identities. But first, a story from Cold Far North. College roommate finds his misdeed exposed to all. When I went off to college, my freshman year roommate was that guy everyone tells horror stories about. This story took place after I'd already put up with a lot of misery from him, but before he'd really pissed me off. Just to be fair to everyone, this was quite a while ago. I'm not going to give an exact date, but here are the say how old you are without saying how old you are clues. AOL was carpet bombing everyone's mail with CD-ROMs trying to get you to use their services. Digital cameras existed, but even the cheapest ones were pretty expensive, and we were all some shade of poor college students, so we were using film cameras, usually of the disposable variety. This will be relevant later. Anyhow, I was in a double occupancy room, on a floor with about 16 such rooms. Other than my roommate and one or two others, the other 35-ish people on my floor of our dorm were great. People were friendly, planned social events large and small together, and were generally pleasant to be around. Rumi, as he shall henceforth be known, wanted to be the bad boy. He was obsessed with the movie Fight Club. He started a fight club. He drank underage and smoked, so gross, in our room. He played loud music in the room while I was sleeping, he'd steal stuff from others, and was just generally an annoyance for the rest of us. Anyhow, after returning from a trip, I'd left a disposable camera with a couple of shots left sitting on my desk, wound and ready to take a picture at a moment's notice. When I came back from classes that day, I was putting it away and realized that it was no longer wound. Someone had taken a picture. Rumi and I had some history by now, so I instantly knew what happened. Whatever, I used the last picture or two and then took it in to get developed. If you're reading this and expecting pictures of anything other than Rumi's butt, I have a few contradictory thoughts for you. You sweet, sweet summer child. Just so you know, I'm talking about Rumi's bottom, not his donkey. Don't change. If it's not already too late, you should get off the internet and enjoy the last gasps of your innocence before you realize that this is about as benign as you're gonna find here. It only took a decade or so to be able to laugh about all my trouble with Rumi. Learning to live away from home is a great experience. Sorry, back to the story now. I was a little irritated because, at the time, you paid per picture developed, and so I'd managed to exchange actual cash money for two pictures of Rumi with his butt hanging out along with the rest of the pictures on that roll of film. So there I was, sitting at my desk, thinking about revenge, and about half a second of thought let me hit upon the obvious perfect, glorious solution. 
Every floor in our dorm, which was quite large, had a bulletin board that was literally the first thing you'd see when getting off the elevators at our floor. Each floor could decide how they wanted to decorate their own board. Some floors had boring stuff like announcements, some had paintings, but we had decided that we were going to post pictures of us doing fun things. Anyhow, this 4 foot by 8 foot board was entirely covered with an ever-changing photo collage. Rumi was way too cool to pay attention to this or contribute in any way, so I just worked both copies of his moonshot into the collage. It was perfect. It was just a sea of faces, so one more pasty oval didn't stand out in the least. The best part was that Rumi was clearly identifiable in the picture. The rest of the people on my floor noticed pretty much instantly. Decades later, I can perfectly recall one of my floor mates grinning and saying, That's a lot of skin, every time I think of this story. Within a day or two, everyone on the floor, including our RA, were laughing about it. We were all just waiting to see how long it would last. But Rumi's bridges had all been long burned at this point, so there wasn't really anyone that was going to tell him about it. It was weeks before he found out. He continued to be the bane of my existence, but those are stories for another day. And he never messed with my cameras again. Epilogue. I don't think I ever spoke to or laid eyes on Rumi in person after that year, but every 5 or 10 years I go trolling through the interwebs to see if I can find him. For a while, I was expecting to find him in court records. To his credit, he appears to have settled down, has a good job and a family. So, Rumi, if you're reading this, nice job turning things around. Good luck. Honestly, I don't know what this guy was expecting. Like, maybe they were hoping OP would go get the film developed, find the picture, be upset, and then just get rid of it? But it's basically the physical equivalent of DMing somebody a picture of your butt, laughing, and then expecting them to just delete the message. I think it's safe to assume this guy just didn't have any foresight on anything beyond what was happening in the moment. If somebody that you honestly don't particularly like tries to prank you by taking a picture of their butt using your device, would you go and anonymously leak it to embarrass them? Let me know in the comments down below. Our next story is from Lisa Loves Butter. Murphy doesn't give a poop what the other dog thinks. I've been walking a client's dog five days per week for over a year now. Murphy is a very laid-back, chill, Bernie doodle and really likes people and other dogs. Along our route, we go by a house where a very large sheepdog lives. The sheepdog spends a lot of time in the gated front porch, and we see him often. Murphy and I usually hurry past his house because this dog despises Murphy. He'll get up and rush the gate, barking and lunging furiously, his gorgeous hair flying all over the place. Last week as we approached the house and the barking began, I guess Murphy had had enough. He slowed down, walked up onto the lawn, took his time and found a good spot, then pooped. I thought the sheepdog was going to expire from the sheer brazenness, but thankfully he survived. Murphy just nonchalantly walked off while I quickly cleaned it up. And I do suspect Murphy did this on purpose, because the sheepdog house is nowhere near the spots Murphy typically potties. Oh, Murphy. It's the quiet ones you really have to watch out for, I guess. I legitimately do wonder, is this like a behavioral thing that this dog might have chosen to do? Or could this all just be boiled down to, it was just time to go for Murphy? Maybe the sheepdog got them all riled up and they were already kind of ready to go. I mean, you mix the two together, maybe it was just time. But I do love the idea that Murphy just had enough of this sheepdog and was like, You know what? Take this. That's what I think of you. 
Our next story is from Sofu CT, dealing with a dodgy competitor. So I work in the construction industry as a project manager and have recently had to deal with a competitor who would cut corners and do shady dealings to get contracts. He would do things like providing kickback to other managers, money exchanging hands, or use standover tactics to get what he wanted. You could go as far as saying that he was an all-around bad egg. So earlier in the year, I'd put in all the hard yards into designing a specification for a job and going through design meetings with a client. We lost the project at the last minute due to the shady tactics listed above. Now, because of the work and the level of detail I'd put in prior to losing the contract, I knew there were certain items the client wouldn't budge on. One of these non-negotiables only came from one supplier in the world, even though it was only worth a couple of cents per item. The client wouldn't budge on an alternative. So, in my pettiness, I called the supplier and ordered all 15,000 of these they had in stock. I also called every other stockist on their website and managed to source a further 5,000, leaving no stock available until late December. So anyways, let's fast forward to this week, the job is close to handover stage, and the competition's done the predictable thing and deviated due to the supply issue. The client came out to inspect and notices they used an alternative product without approval and has deviated from the contractual agreement. This has now led to massive amounts of rectification work and them being hit with liquidated damage as the project will now not be delivered on time, costing him close to 300,000 Australian dollars. The competitor has now been removed from the approved contractors list within my industry and has been escorted from the facility to never return. Not knowing I have 20,000 of this item stashed in my office and it was me that caused the supply issue. The scary thing is what would OP end up doing with all of that stock after the fact? Apparently OP wrote it off as a loss against another job in the interest of the company, and OP said that they might flip it in the future, use it for something else. I mean, I guess at the worst, it's there if you need it. I mean, this is definitely petty and cost quite a bit, but hey, it definitely feels good to stop somebody that was just shady, underhanded, and essentially cheated you out of good contractual work. Our next story is from Awesome Story. Workday is 7am to 3.30pm. Backstory, I've worked in the wastewater industry for going on 10 years. The first wastewater plant I worked at was for a small town. They were pretty old school, no internet, computer, or time clock. My boss would just fill out the time slips and turn them in each week. We only had three employees, including myself, so it was easy record keeping, but completely on my boss's honor system. I would always get to work early, unlock all the buildings, calibrate the lab equipment, and start any machines that needed to be started. Hours were 7am to 3.30pm. I would usually be there at 6.30 if not earlier. I would do the snow plowing so they would allow me to come in earlier and plow and leave after my 8 hours if I didn't want overtime. My boss regularly came in late, usually 2 times a week, anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour. A couple times I would have an appointment for 3.30 and leave work at 3 to get there. Since I'm there 30 minutes prior to work, starting, I figured it's no big deal. I did it twice in a month and after the second time, my boss reprimanded me by docking my pay and sent a memo to our sewer authority stating I was leaving work early. I said I understand and I won't do it again. I was royally pissed, but I had a good job and I didn't want to piss off the sewer authority members who didn't fully understand our work environment. We were in the process of doing some upgrades at the plant. 
so a lot of construction crews were in and out with equipment. So, I decided to prove a point. I started forgetting my keys to the plant's gate every now and then. On the second time I forgot my keys, my boss decided to show up to work at 8am. I had maybe five cars behind me for an hour waiting to get to work at our plant when the vice chairman of our board drove by. He asked me what was going on. I explained I forgot my keys and was waiting on my boss to get there so we could get in. Needless to say, my boss got an earful from his bosses and when he came to me, I explained our work days from 7am to 3.30. I will not do anything work related until 7am sharp. My boss must have got a new alarm clock because he was rarely late again. I would definitely be pissed off too because this dude is a huge hypocrite. Is going to give you such a hard time for doing stuff slightly early or checking out slightly early because you checked in early and they themselves could theoretically screw everything for just an hour. Dude just could not stop and think for a second and realize how dumb it is for them to get worked up like that. And the saddest thing is most of these people that you hear about who check in early and leave slightly early because they did so are usually some of the most vital, hardworking people that are honestly like the glue guys holding everything together. Why give those guys such a hard time? Just go and discourage your best worker. Our next story is from Pooby. Ghost me and then ask to hang out? No thanks. So, about four years ago, I met this guy on Bumble. We both had the same name, same spelling and everything, so let's call him Pooby2, and we were both seniors in high school. He was a stereotypical druggy skater guy and was constantly smoking weed or vaping. I thought he was so attractive because he treated me like crap. Something important is once, I'd asked him if he could hang out, and he replied with no thanks, and it kind of hurt my feelings because I really liked him. We went on a couple of dates, but mostly I would go to his house. He kept begging me to do drugs with him, but it wasn't my kind of vibe, so I would always deny it. But he was very persistent. Good thing I'm stubborn. After a month of talking, I had a cruise coming up as my graduation gift. The cruise was a week-long cruise to Mexico. I was under the impression that he would text me the whole cruise, but I couldn't have been more wrong. By the third day of the cruise, I didn't really hear back from him at all. I tried not to get upset about it, but once I got back from the cruise, I didn't hear from him until the day after, as I called him out for not replying. His excuse was that I was busy, which made zero sense to me. After I replied back to him, he didn't respond again for a few days. I spent a day sulking over this, but decided, whatever, I'm going to go back on Bumble. I then met my current boyfriend, and we began talking and going on dates. A week after meeting E, I get a text from Pooby2 saying, You wanna hang out? To which I replied with a simple, No thanks, smiley face. Clearly he got lonely after I gave up on him, after he decided to ghost me. But honestly, I think me moving on was the best decision I ever made. I don't know what it is, but sometimes it is easy to get hung up on somebody that for some reason treats you like crap. Needless to say, if you ever asked me, is it a good decision to have moved on from somebody that really didn't respect you? I would say 10 out of 10 times, yeah. Nobody, including Pooby, deserves to be treated like that. Find somebody that A, really clicks with you, and B, treats you right. Our next story is from MSB1678, and this is why you never mock someone's phobias, Karen. I'm a grocery store cashier for a very small chain in southeastern Michigan. For six hours a day, four days a week, I ring order after order of groceries. Believe me, it gets monotonous. 
About a week or two ago, it was a super busy day. I'd been going non-stop for two hours with no time between customers. That's when, during the short five-minute lull that miraculously arrived, Karen came along. I went through my usual spiel, hi, how are you, paper or plastic, etc., and started ringing her groceries. She had a lot of fruits and veggies, which is cool, better than some of the things I've had to ring, don't ask, seriously. And then came the grapes. Now, don't get me wrong, I love grapes. Sweet, crunchy, A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Heart, and they don't typically require really any prep before you can eat them? Yum! No, my issue is with the large spider that was in the bag with the grapes. I have a serious spider phobia. When I was a kid, a spider, no idea which kind, we were on a family biking trip through a nearby nature trail when it happened, bit me on the arm and over the course of a few days, my parents just thought it was a mosquito bite at first, it swelled up into a big hard lump the size of a softball. I still vividly remember the night they finally realized that they needed to take action and rushed me to the nearest hospital ER. Traumatizing. Ever since, I can't see a spider without shrieking and freezing up. Any other bug in the house? No problem. I see a spider. One of my brothers has to come rescue me. So as you can imagine, the large bag of grapes spider did not go over well. I managed to mostly quell the shriek, instead letting out a strangled yelp, and jolted back from the register and defending bag and refused to touch it again until the spider was very dead. My grocery store is one of those that still has a separate bagger job, so I wasn't alone at the register. The very nice kid who was my current bagger was kind enough to come around and remove the spider-infested sack of fruit and went to get Karen a new bag. I apologized and started to scan again, and as soon as he left, the ridicule began. It was just a spider, why did you freak out? Are you seriously telling me that a grown woman had to have a teenage boy rescue her from an itsy bitsy spider? How pathetic, just get over it, it was the size of a pea at best. I carried that bag all the way over here, I'm scared of spiders and I was just fine. You shouldn't have had an issue swiping it and moving on for 5 seconds, and so on and so forth. Meanwhile I just had to sit there and smile at her. As soon as he came back, she shut up and was all smiles and compliments for such a nice young man. That was where I decided to get petty. Now in my store, produce is rung one of two ways. It might be the same everywhere, I don't know, but anyway. It's either rung up by count or by weight. So we have a scale built into the register to weigh items. Grapes are priced weight. So I went ahead and dropped the nice new spider-free bag on the scale. And while I typed in the produce code... I made sure to ever so stealthily place my thumb on that scale and apply the slightest bit of pressure, magically turning 2 pounds 7 ounces into 4 pounds 2 ounces. And at $3.99 per pound, it made a difference. Mind you, Karen had a huge order, so that 1 pound and 7 ounces didn't noticeably affect the total. 
But if Karen was going to mock me like that, then turn around like she'd done nothing wrong and praise my coworker, she was going to have to pay for it. And pay for it, she did. Honestly, you could tell me that you work as a cashier and tell me you had just about any kind of experience, any kind of exchange from people, including a Karen, and I wouldn't even doubt you, especially if you work at the Mart of Walls. It's just one of those places where everybody, jerk or not, has to go at some point or another, and it just sucks because you have to stand there and smile while all the bad ones roll through. Our next story is from LadybugGal95. Computer access denied. No naughty pictures for you. I, female, went to college in the mid-90s, back when phones, if you had one, weren't smart, tablets weren't even dreamed of yet, and laptops, while in existence, weren't really attainable for us poor college kids. I, along with a decent chunk of my fellow dorm mates, didn't even have a desktop computer of my own yet. I had made friends with a couple of guys who shared a room in my dorm, one of whom, we'll call N, flipped back and forth between great and annoying as heck. The other we'll call R. He was the nicest, funniest guy ever and a total tech geek, which meant he had an awesome computer. They pretty much had an open room policy. If one of them was home, the door was propped open and everyone was welcome, mostly ends doing. At times, this drove R crazy because while he was fine with open room, he was not so cool with open computer and just telling people to stay off it when he wasn't there wasn't working. I was one of the very select few who was allowed on R's computer when he wasn't present, probably because I used it for actual schoolwork instead of surfing adult entertainment sites and collecting malware. I also used words like please and thank you every once in a while. Anyway, one day, R dropped by my room, which never happened, and said I needed to come down to his room right now. When we got to his room, R shut the door and explained that he was going to be out of town for a week. Some family issues, if I remember correctly. He knew I'd need to use the computer at some point, and wanted to show me a new program he installed. He had me sit down at the computer and indicated an icon for me to click. It was a slightly blurry, mostly naked lady titled Nudes. I told him I really didn't need to see those, but he said to trust him. When I clicked on the icon, the screen flashed to black and white for a second, and then went back to the normal color, and nothing. It did nothing after that. I looked at R in confusion. He smiled and told me to try clicking on some other icon. When I went to open something else, the icon ran away from my cursor. I'm not sure if he'd written the program or downloaded it from somewhere, but it was hilarious. Once you started the program by clicking on the nudes icon, the program mimicked the screen until you tried to click on something else. Then it animated the desktop icons and made them all move away from your cursor. It was impossible to click on anything, and even restarting the computer didn't help. R had set the program to run automatically at startup, You had to use a very specific, seemingly random set of keystrokes to shut off the program. When R left for the week, he put a note on his computer saying that only I and one other person were allowed to use the computer while he was gone. I stopped by when he'd been gone a little over 24 hours to do some typing, and told me that I wouldn't be able to use the computer because he'd done something to it. He was completely freaked out that R was going to blow when he got back. I told him I'd look at it and messed around for a bit playing catch the icon until N was distracted. Then I miraculously fixed the issue but didn't know what I'd done of course. I finished typing up my assignment while N yelled across the hall that they were all saved because the computer was fixed. 
I chuckled to myself as I shut down the computer before I went to leave. All I know is, in the 90s, if this dude coded that themselves, they sound super smart and they're probably in some very well-paying position today, or like some kind of business owner. Maybe they struck it big in the dot-com bubble and they're off retired on some fancy boat somewhere. Our next story is from Crisco Crisco. Park in my driveway? We'll see about that. Back when I was in high school, let's say about 1966 or 67, my family lived not too far from Colorado Boulevard in Pasadena, where the Rose Parade occurs every January 1st. Huge crowds of people showed up, and parking could get congested. One January 1st, someone actually parked in our driveway. Didn't ask permission, just parked, locked, and left. Fortunately, in those days, car door locks could be opened with a straightened metal clothes hanger around a meter-long, heavy-gauge wire with a hook on one end. I inserted between the frame and the window, hooked around the lock push button, and the button lifted. So we unlocked the car, pushed it into the middle of the street. I don't remember having any difficulty with the steering wheel lock, so I guess the car didn't have one. Relocked it and went inside. I should mention that the street had two lanes each direction, plus turning lane in the center. Car left in the turning lane. Car was towed. Just imagine that person finally making their way back. If I was dumb enough to put myself in that situation, I'd probably like gaslight myself and be like, wait, did I park here? Maybe I didn't park here. Where did I park? Did they tow my car? Where did it go? Was it stolen? I mean, there's a life lesson to be learned here for that person. Don't park in a place where you don't have clearance to actually park. Don't park on some random person's lawn. Our next story is from One Green Eye, bank account slash bill paying revenge. I'm inspired to tell this story after reading another user's story about cell phone revenge with her ex. I was in a long-term relationship that went south. My ex was a manipulative narcissist who did everything he could to screw me over financially and gaslight me when we split up and moved to our own places. He had an eviction under his name, so our apartment lease and utilities were all under my name. For the last month we lived together, he pocketed the utility money and didn't pay the utilities, so when I got my own place, I had to pay off the past due amounts. Meanwhile, I had removed him as an authorized user from my bank accounts and told him to do the same with his accounts because I didn't want a single financial link between us remaining. Coincidentally, I lost my debit card after moving out on my own. And when I went to the bank to get a new one issued, I discovered he'd not removed my name as an authorized user from his bank account. He only had about $35 to his name, but I transferred his last $35 to my account and closed his account, all above board and legal. It didn't begin to cover what he owed me, but when he called me to tell me what an awful person I was because he had multiple checks bounce and his direct deposit was in limbo, it made the debt all worth it. 100% this is one of those situations where you just look out for yourself. It might get nasty, there might be some name calling, there might be some threats, but just keep focusing on yourself because you do not need to give in to that manipulative narcissist. Our next story is from Patriotic Grandma 420 Rub your grades in my face? What about when those grades aren't so golden? I'm in a high school that does both high school and middle school. I'm currently a freshman. Last year, there was a boy in my class who I'll call here Ken. Ken is good at math. He likes to rub it in my face. Last year, Ken and I sat next to each other in homeroom, and he would taunt me about his superior math skills. He was also annoying and rude to me in general. Fast forward to yesterday, in US history, we had a big test on the American Revolution. U.S. history is my best subject. I got a 90. He got a 64. 
I heard him despondently telling a friend. I didn't peek at his grade sheet or anything. I have social studies first period, so many people ask me for test tips or if it's true that the test is really hard. This is what I tell them. It is. Ken even got a 64. You should really study hard. Don't want to end up like him. I even go to popular girls' tables and tell them all exactly how Ken scored. And thus concludes my petty revenge on an academically annoying student. Hey, I mean, this is one of those situations in high school where if you're gonna be a jerk, I mean, most kids are honestly capable of being jerks. If you're gonna try to flaunt something and rub something in somebody's face in high school, if at any point you can get called out for it, expect to be. Unless you're picking on somebody that's literally just about nearly defenseless, but you gotta be a real bully to do that. And our final story of the day is from Chris and So Calif. Steal someone's identity? Get kicked out of your home. Currently, I'm a realtor in the state of California. A friend, client of mine, was interested in purchasing a property. Before searching for a property, he wanted to pre-qualify for a loan and get an idea of his affordable price range. The client visited a loan guy where they got his information and ran his credit. Unbeknownst to the client, the amount of pre-qualification was much lower than expected. Confused, we went over his credit report. According to his report, he had recently purchased a home. My client never purchased a home, nor knows anything about the property listed. Apparently, someone stole his information and bought a home under his name. My client was livid. He didn't know what to do. At first, he wanted to go to the property and throw the guy out personally. After advising him not to, he was thinking of what moves to make next. Reading further down the report, my client still had a good score and there were no late payments. It seems whoever's living on the property are not behind on any loan payments. The tenant, the person living on the property, was living in the house for approximately a year. Out of curiosity, I ran comps on the property. The house had over $100,000 in equity. What? How can this be? Then, an idea dawned on my client. Since the house is technically his, he decided to kick that guy out, take possession of the home, and sell it for a profit. Doing so would take a lengthy eviction process through the court system. On average, it takes around three to six months. It's a gamble. Sometimes people trash a house before being evicted. He decided to take the risk. The next day, we started the eviction process. While going through the process, the tenant ignored all eviction notices, court dates, nor did they move out. Eventually, the date of eviction was ordered by the court. On the day of eviction, my client showed up with members of the sheriff's department to help with the eviction. Not everyone wants to give up the place they reside. The tenant tried to ignore the sheriff officers, The officers forced entry into the residence and found the tenant hiding. He tried to argue to the sheriff deputy to no avail, yelling and screaming what they were doing is wrong. The tenant tried to say that he owned the property but couldn't provide any proof. If he were to furnish any fake identity or information, there would have been bigger problems since the real owner standing right outside. The tenant was really pissed but forced to move out immediately. Nothing he could do. Revenge for stealing my client's identity. Shortly after, we listed the home, and he made a sweet $100,000, minus fees, taxes, and other expenses. My client never reported the guy for stealing his identity, since he made out better the ordeal. The house was still in pretty good condition. I really don't think the tenant knew he would actually be forcefully removed from the premises or knew what was coming. My client did lock down his personal information to help prevent any future problems. Thankfully, this ordeal didn't impact his credit report. 
in my experience, when we find out someone's credit or information was stolen, it's usually to the detriment of the client. First time it came out on the positive side. Are you telling me that not only was this guy dumb enough to steal identity and use it to buy a house, but they actually made like reliable payments on this house? This is practically the equivalent of opening a bank account in somebody else's name using their identity and then pocketing your work paychecks into that and then getting surprised when all that money is taken away. What did this guy think would happen? But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely awesome revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out the video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories.